everybody. It's time to roll for intent with the Creator's Corner. We have Christian and Trevor back again. This keeps happening, Trevor. What what did we do wrong? This was just supposed to be a little thing that we did. We were reviewing a Paizo book for fun, and now we are booked through January. What happened? I blame Absolutely. you. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a very monkey's paw situation we've got ourselves into at this point. Yeah, we please come join us. 500 emails later. Absolutely stacked. We had to close down self-booking. You guys have been absolutely amazing uh, reaching out to uh, talk to us and the people that I've reached out to that have been amenable to it. Absolute joys to talk to. And we've had a great time. And please don't stop just because I'm tired. We enjoy it. We can book you. We can get you on. We can make your content faster, stronger. We might eventually have to talk after I'm freed up with my day job that this might have to be a, a twice a week release with as many as we oh have. Oh my God. <laughs> you better find another editor. <laughs> Jesus. So what we got today, Christian? Well, I noticed there is a, a fellow standing in the corner and he looks a little shifty. He has the, the eyes of a podcaster. And I believe we have it's Jason. The hunger. From- I see the hunger. Yeah. Cause we're all starving. Cause we make no money. <laughs> I believe we have with us Jason from 25 North. Welcome, Jason. What's going on, guys? How are you doing? Good. How are you today? I'm tired, man. It's Friday night. Oh, I've just work's been a hell. Work's been quite quite a quite a slog, but I'm doing great. Podcast is going great. The show's going great. I'm here with two great guys. I'm doing great. How many times can I say the word great? Who are you here <laughs> with? It must not be us. Yes. <laughs> Can't be talking about us. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Thank, thanks for bringing me on. Yeah, it's uh, great to finally get a podcaster on here. Us actual play podcasters really got to stick together. And you've got a really interesting value proposition with your show, honestly, because of the content that you're running, right? Tell, yeah. tell us a little bit about it. So when I wanted to put together a podcast, I, I've been part of a bunch of different uh, podcast discords and been a big fan of actual play podcasts. Man, I can remember back to listening to Glass Cannon way back when, before, back when their episodes were in the single and double digits. <laughs> oh, those first 100 episodes were magic. Right? They really right? are. And then, um, and then I found more Paizo podcasts and I've been wanting to run one myself for a long time, but I tried to find a good AP that people haven't been doing. And the ones that people don't do are the ones that I'm not super interested in doing. And then so and then eventually Pathfinder 2 came out and there was a bunch of APs there. And there was such a limited selection that I feel like all the Pathfinder 2 podcasts had like quickly nabbed them up. And it's just like I feel bad trying to compete against another show. But when the role for combat guys who I've been part of and I've submitted to RPG Superstar for a number of years. Um, when they decided that they were going to create a Pathfinder 2 adventure path, I hopped on right away. And so I, I reached out to Steven Glicker and was like, hey, he, this is who I am. I'm putting together a crew. I, I would love to uh, do an actual play podcast of your adventure path. And so what we're running is the Jewel of the Indigo Isle, which is a third-party publishing. So it's not a Paizo-created adventure path but it's about as close to 
official Paizo first-party content as you can get without actually being first-party content because the Adventure Path is written by the Paizo veterans, Patrick Rainey, Ron Lundeen, Linda Zayas Palmer, um, Mark Seifter joined their group as director of game design. So it's all, if you don't, if you, do, if you toss in James Jacobs and Jason Bowman, you got all the big, the big names of Paizo on like part of this. I was going to say, roll for combat with some of the people they've hired and everything. They're becoming more Paizo than Paizo is. <laughs> right, right. So Steven Glickers, he's the, he's the real, the real mastermind. He's the, the developer of this adventure path. And when he gave us a thumbs up, we got in early. We've been recording now for, oh man, two, three months. If not, yeah, probably, yeah, actually back three months. So back in May is when we started and... I can't even do, I can't do a simple math, can I? Because if we started back in May and it's September now, I, yeah, it's too late on a Friday night. That's far. But, that's far. It's not too bad. Not too far <laughs> off, man. Don't be too hard on yourself. But yeah, we decided to really wanted to focus our show on third-party created content because with the advent of Pathfinder Infinite and Starfinder Infinite, the third-party creator space has really blossomed I, to a degree that I haven't seen before. Um, really in in the Paizoverse, if you will. So the fact that we're getting all these really cool um, Paizo veteran-designed adventure paths, like Jason Bowman's putting one out now, Luis Loza has one. Um, like I said, Steven Glicker's doing this one, and he brought in a bunch of Paizo writers. That this that's really kind of the show the the proposition we are we are trying to focus on, and really the message and the mission is to do these adventure paths and do actual plays to really show off and showcase the third-party content. Well, the, one of the beauties of Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and I saw today that they won uh, TTRPG Game of the Year this year, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And they won that again because this is the first system I've seen. The consistency in fun is the same going from level 1 to 2 to 3 to 10 to 15 to 17 to 20 all of that stuff it it's it's the same i mean yeah there's way more stuff you can do but at no point as a dm are you okay i have this great encounter planned and they curb stomp it and they're just carry on and you're like what happened <laughs> that yep. doesn't really happen in pathfinder i i've rarely had an occasion where the players have just you know massacred the enemy and moved on if i didn't know that was going to happen no you you hit the nail on the head uh i think we we as pathfinder players can all remember to first edition pathfinder having the one player as the wizard and the dm has this big bad evil uh, evil guy and it's and has been planning this encounter for weeks. And the wizard just comes in on their first turn and just completely nullifies the entire encounter. I I don't, I, I'm not saying that happened to me, but I'm not not saying that happened to me. <laughs> Rise of the Rune Lords, book three, the Mammy Grawl fight. Oh. My, uh, my party absolutely came in and cur- I, I planned that for weeks, the whole everything like going through the entire house and i was like really gonna play up the weird and stuff and it wasn't Mm -hmm. even their wizard their fighter came in and just dunked on everything natural 20s i was rolling like crap i i did i did a uh i I prepped with a true strike to do a a wither limb touch attack 
Mm-hmm. I rolled a natural one on the wither. I just, ugh. So bad. <laughs> I'm not bitter. But yes, Pathfinder 1E is just that perfect distillation of everything that could go wrong will go wrong. And while that's still the case because of the way that the crit rules work and how tight the math is and stuff, if you've planned an encounter that's APL plus two, nobody's curb stomping that. It's not going to happen. I don't care if, if all of them roll natural 20s in their first round. They're still going to have trouble because it's an APL plus two encounter. Right. And that's, that's exactly the point I was going to make, too, is that the way they designed and the mathematics behind second edition Pathfinder, it's um, some people, some people can and have made the argument that it's too tight. But I think that the mathematics is just tight enough to really, Christian, like you were saying, make it so the fun you're having at level one is the same fun you're having at level 17. Um, Granted, you have way more options at level 17. Sometimes too much. I was playing in a Night of the Great Death that starts at level 16. And oh my, my, first, my first session, I'm just like, okay, I built this cleric. I know what they do. But when you're in the heat of the moment, you're just like, okay, the mind just goes completely blank. And you're like, oh, oh, I forgot I had that reaction. So. Well, to me, that's the, and I've, I've been around a long time and I've seen this happen so many times. It's the simulator experience. I'm, I'm flying planes in a simulator. I'm great at this. Bam. You're in a real cockpit. No, this is not the same. When you make a character at that level, sure. You made it, you know what it does, but I, I explain this to people. You as a player you gain just the same experience as your character gains because as you work through level one and two up to that level, you know everything you can do like the back of your hand. It is seamless. I've run adventures where people just made high-level characters, and I will admit as a DM, it's painful. You're just like, okay, guys, it's your turn. What are you going to do? And three minutes of flipping through sheets and looking at stuff. Uh, I'm going to do this. <laughs> we ran a level 17 one shot with Christian was the M for the kineticist play test. That's exactly what it was. Like I, I kind of pride myself on mechanically knowing my characters that I build in and out. I still had to sit and think 15, 20 seconds at the beginning of any co- every combat, even though I was thinking the whole time, Oh, the board changed now. What do I do? Oh, I have this reaction. Oh, let me look at my sheet. What was that called again? I know what it does, but I can't remember what it's named. So yeah, anytime that you build anything, even like above a level seven, you run into that trouble. Well, and it's just like, you know, the the Crimson, in that adventure he's talking about, a Crimson Worm came up, swallowed one of the players, and everyone looked at each other like, there's nothing we can do. The reason there was nothing they could do is because they had not played up to that level. Because if they had, I promise you, they would have encountered creatures that had swallowed whole. And they would have formulated a plan because the first time it happened, they would have been like, that sucked. I need to make sure that can't happen again. But they hadn't. They didn't have that experience. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And th- But to go back to the original point, too. Um, my we just released episode 16 and they at that point are still level one we've been playing 16 episodes at level one there's 18 plus hours of level one but the i i talked to my players about this and specifically on episode 16 and 17 we were talking just about how long we've been at level one compared to like fifth edition uh, where they you're expected to be level two by the end of the first session. 
here we we've had 16 episodes at level one, but the party them, themselves they've 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 even stated that it doesn't feel that bad to like you would you would think that 16 episodes 18 plus hours at level one would feel bad, but it to them it didn't. They they they're having just as much fun. I think that speaks to the quality of the adventure path then as well, right? Because if your players are still having fun with that base kit, it means that the adventure path is giving them things to do with that base kit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Abomination Vaults, we were only level one, I think, for 12, maybe 13 episodes before they leveled up. But level three lasted for 20-something. So <laughs> it, it's definitely something that you can do very easily, especially when you're doing something like, like we're both doing, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're trying to tell a story. We're trying to be narrative. If you're playing with your friends at home, yeah, you're going to have a little RP fun, but you ain't going to ham it up for the audience of any sort. You're going to ham it up for your friends a little bit. You might have some goofing off, but then you're going to get down to business and kill some monsters and burn through the combat. It'll right. go a little faster. But it's so cool to, to be in a game where you don't feel hampered by the fact that you are taking a while to level up because the game still gives you challenges. It still Absolutely. gives you things to do. And I think one of the things that this adventure path really, where it really shines and it helps that it helps keep level one interesting is that they built into the adventure path, the monster part system. And if you're not familiar with the monster parts, this was a Mark Seifter designed subsystem for campaigns that take place in the rural areas where you don't have access to big cities that have armories full of magic weapons or, you know, alchemical potion shops full of recipes and ingredients and reagents. The monster part system is there that after you kill a monster, the players can harvest the parts of those monsters to create armor and weapons and items and eventually imbue those weapons and armor and items that they've created with the magical essences of those monsters to give them the effects of runes that are in Pathfinder 2. And the party's really taken to that and they love it. They, um, For example, the rogue in our group decided she wanted to build a cloak made out of frog leather that has been dyed with this creature called a tuk-tuk. It spits out ink. And she's like, well, I'm going to, since it's a stealth cloak, I am going to create this cloak using the frog leather, but I'm going to dye it with that black ink. And it's just, it's added this narrative bit and added some ownership to their weapons and their, and their equipment that has been really cool. And if I could get, if I had the money and I could get an artist to, to like do the permutations of the party as they've accumulated these monster part weapons and armor, I would, but that's, that would that would get expensive fast. Oh yeah, definitely. So, how do you think you're now on on episode sixteen? You probably recorded what eighteen, nineteen episodes. Yep we we've recorded eighteen, and then we're recording nineteen and twenty this Sunday. So, how do you think your show has evolved since that first since that first episode? Well, I think what's really cool is that. Half half my cast are people that I have played with in in real life in person. Um, they're friends from from here in town in Southeast Minnesota, and I've seen them role play more and get into the characters more and own their characters more to a degree that I don't haven't really seen before. 
in VTT or in, in real life play. And I think that speaks to the narrative of telling this story and the story of these characters where they're taking ownership to a degree that I haven't seen before. And the, what I mean by that is if you, you've listened to a bunch of episodes of our show, what, right. one thing that we're doing is I am allowing the, we're doing cold opens just like in a lot of TV shows. So rather than starting boom with the intro music and going into a banter and then going into a recap, um, we're going cold opens and I'm allowing the character or the players to write their own narratives, those little two to three minute vignettes at the beginning of each episode, exploring and telling the audience and telling also their party members a little bit more about the characters, um, about their backstory, about their personality, um, about their emotions, how they're feeling in different situations. And um, I'm helping them direct that um, as, as they're recording it. But I think it's really allowed this creative outlet that um, you don't often see. I'm not, I'm not going to say that you don't see it and I'm not going to make a blanket statement, but I, I haven't seen it. And, and I'm assuming like most parties and most people don't do that in person or they're, where you're starting each session with um, here is a two to three minute monologue about my character in this situation or this part of their backstory. So that's something that we've been doing, but I've seen much more um, in depth and I've been um, characterizations and I've been really surprised by how brilliant some of them have been written. And also the, the feedback that we're getting from the audience, they, they absolutely are eating it up and loving it. Uh, a couple months ago when I saw your guys's post in the Reddit thread about starting the new show. So I, I jumped in and listened mostly because I was curious. It, it was a very good choice, I think, to start with the Battle Zoo series of stuff, taking the Indigo Isle and running with that adventure. That was that was really cool. And it hadn't been out yet at all. So I was also curious. So it was a really good job of just, you know, dangling the carrot to get people into there to really start listening to your guys content. And I do, I do really enjoy the way you guys open the show. It's very entertaining and it's different. So it's, it's something I do look forward to at the very beginning of the shows. So I think you guys are, are, you guys are doing a really good job with that. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, I think to another thing just to, to tack on was, um, like I mentioned the monster part system, that's something that the party themselves w- weren't really, they didn't know how well it would work. And I've, f- from the get go, I think there was a little bit of hesitation. It's a brand new subsystem and, um, you know, they're very much experienced Pathfinder two players. So they know that as I level up, I need to save this much gold cause I'm going to need this rune on this weapon. Otherwise my, like my effectiveness in combat is really going to dramatically drop. Like, um, cause so they weren't sure about that, but they've really taken to it and they've added a lot of really cool narrative flair as they're collecting these monster parts and creating their own, their own visual kit to what is essentially just, they're the same numbers. It's just, narratively how are you getting those numbers rather than adding a rune to a weapon you are taking parts of a monster so um that is something that i've seen them take to and really kind of chew on and um embrace 
And to any of our listeners interested in that monster part system, it was released in the Battle Zoo Bestiary, their first book. And it is a subsystem that you can choose how much you want to use. You can either go ham and replace the magic equipment 100%. You can do a 50-50 or you can kind of trickle it in. So it really is designed that you can use it as much or as little as you would like. But yeah, it is absolutely full of flavor. It's a lot of fun that you your characters are, just as you were saying, they're kitted out with all of these things from their past. And it no longer is, oh, you know, I have boots of speed or whatever. They're like, no, I crafted these from, you know, off of the hide of a shark or something that, you know, that's fast in the water. You know, you, there's all of these stories that you can yeah. have with this equipment that just makes it, gives it personality and in turn gives your character more personality. So it was a really good idea works really good to slot it into something like quest for the frozen flame where like the number one critique is that there's no way to get equipment so it's really great thing to just drop into a system Um, absolutely jason is there anything that you wish you knew when you started the show that you know now or you wish you had done differently when you started the show versus now maybe any lessons you learned or yeah yeah i think there there's a couple things um the the big some of the biggest lessons i would say would be the time commitment um i knew it was going to be a time commitment uh running and promoting and producing a show uh i i didn't know how much of one it would be uh, i like i mentioned i'm part of a number of actual play discord communities and I see a, a, a lot of a lot of these con- a lot of content creators, a lot of more more experienced content creator, creators, are you know oh yeah you know a, a listener wants to run a, a module sure I'll jump in, but um, but you know they're they're much more experienced at it than I am at the very beginning, and so like I've mentioned I've had to really dial back my participation in other groups. I was running. Strength of Thousands at the same time as Extinction Curse, at the same time as Quest for the Frozen Flame. And I've had to completely put two of those on hiatus, like just completely put them on hiatus. I still keep one of them because it's a lunchtime game and it takes me away from work for um, 90 minutes on a Monday, which I appreciate. So I'm not going to get rid of that one. But the other two... I've had to to just say, hey, I I can't commit to this. Um, let's let's put it on hiatus and put it on the back burner for the next six months, and we'll see where I'm at at that point. So I think that is probably the biggest impact that's it's had on me, and the biggest thing I wish I knew was that you know the time commitment, at least in the beginning, it's a lot more than you anticipate. When we first started out, we were estimating that it took nearly 27 man hours to build one episode. When we first started, um, between the edit and the time it took to record it, and then the mastering, and our tool chains have improved significantly. We have that down to roughly eight man hours per episode now. Uh, but that's been through a lot of hard work, and we've been doing it for over a year now. So it will come, but it's still never going to not be a commitment. And we've right. been able to separate some of the editing duties out amongst the cast, too. And from what we were discussing earlier, I don't think that's going on with you quite yet. 
No, not quite yet. I think I still have a little bit of that personality flaw where I need to I need to have my grubby mitts on it, and it's hard for me to let go at this point. I'm sure eventually I'll get I'll I'll turn the corner on that, but right now we're like I said we're only 16 episodes deep, and I that's a personality quirk of my own that I need to get through. About how long would you say, just just so people could estimate, you know, what if they wanted to get in this space? How long do you think it takes you from the time that you sit down once the recording's done to the time that you have something prepared to throw up on your heh, to throw up, prepared to post <laughs> to your RSS feed? So our episodes we shoot for that sweet spot of six anywhere between fifty to um 50 to 80 minutes, um, whatever the natural uh, conclusion is. Like, there's always that natural point where an episode could, um, could end and it doesn't feel forced. So if a, a, I'm, this, is, this is for uh, craps and giggles, say 70 minutes. The 70-minute episode will take me oh, probably two to three hours to edit, just... Um, with the tools that I have right now, and the and our show has a lot of sound effects compared to some of the other shows I've listened to. So um, we we add there's there's that other element where I'm adding in a bunch of sound effects. So that takes a little longer than than most shows too. So yeah, probably for one episode, it'd be yeah, it's figure four six. I, was, I don't know. I'll, I wouldn't say 27, but it's probably yeah, about there, probably about 18 ish. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it drags on you too. It takes a while. And then sometimes when you get real fun into this, when you start doing processing and stuff, you're going to have to bolt on time for all your, all your processing chains to go to. It gets pretty wacky. <laughs> you'll, you'll get, you'll, you'll find your stride though. It'll get better. So for all of you out there yeah. that would love to start a podcast, you don't have to go that hard. There's a lot of people that are pretty much just recording and then stamping the audio out into the ether, which if that's how you got to start to get it going, do it, man. Get it done. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not say that our, the, the, the audio quality of ours and you and I, we've had this conversation uh, for a while in discord that uh, we're, our audio quality isn't quite up to snuff to compare to some other, some of the other podcasts out there. Um, I would consider myself a white belt when it comes to audio editing and being an audiophile. So I, there, there, there's some tips and tricks, but I think communities like yours and um, some of the others that I'm, that I've been part of are really there to help, help you support. So if you are looking to get into, into it and you are worried about audio quality, I wouldn't worry too much. And cause there's people there that, that can show you the ropes. You can fix audio. You cannot fix your content. Exactly. That's like the number one thing. You can always get better audio. You can't get a better show. So worry about getting that show going. Yeah. And you guys yeah, are knocking it out of the park right now. Oh, I appreciate it. Job. I appreciate the kind words. No, um, yeah. you're, you, took, you took something that's already given you a, a good base, which is, you know, an adventure path that not many people, nobody was able to take a look at written very well that your players are enjoying right and you get those three things together and sky's the limit honestly if you get your team on board and they're having a good time 
I would add a fourth one that the GM is really enjoying because I am absolutely loving this book. Nobody cares about us. What are you talking about? (laughs) 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 They just yell at us when their roles are bad. Oh, oh, I know. I know there's there episode 17 or no 18 episode 18. Just keep your get, keep your ears out for when that one comes around and you'll, you'll, you'll hear me get, get quite the mouthful from my, from my players. Yeah. That's always my favorite when the monsters are just rolling rocks and the players are just rolling garbage. They're like, how are we supposed to win this? Why did you do that? Like, this is no harder than anything else. It's just going badly. I'm sorry. Oh, oh man. I, I don't know um, if you've listened to there. I think it's episode 10. There's underwater combat and holy oh, yes. crap. Holy Especially crap. Especially if your players play- have no idea what they're getting into when they do water combat. We had that happen in an episode and somebody's like, I'm going to step into the water. Oh, you don't want to do that. Yeah, I do go in there, get knocked out. Yeah. You're going to die, dude. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah. It, it got intense. It got intense with my group there. Yeah. There's, there was a lot on of edge, that episode. Yeah, they a lot of very pu- on edge. A lot of puckered butts. <laughs> Well, Jason, where, where can our listeners go to find out more about you? Ah, yeah, you can, you can check us out. We are at 25 North podcast, um, and, and 25 North pod. We can find us on Twitter. You can find us on any of the audio, the podcast streams, any podcast feed that you want. We are out there. We're on it. The, our Twitter feed is, I'm just pulling it up now. I actually, I'm going to pull up the introduction that I wrote in your, in your, in your server today. We're at Twitter at 25 North podcast and our website is 25 North pod.com. Well, thank you so very much for coming on. Really, really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, would love to talk to you again and we're going to start hanging out in your uh, discord. See, ya, and I'll be in yours. Keep, keep an eye, keep an eye on you. See what fun stuff you got planned. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming. And, you know, maybe one of these days we'll have to do guest appearances on each other's shows. Oh, it's got to yeah. happen. I'm going to start scooping up other podcasters to get on like a charity stream or just just some fun. You know, I if you've listened to the show, we've had we have quite a few NPCs in the old town of Rumplank, and I've been leveraging our community so if you have, and if you ever have an inkling where you want to record a two to three minute NPC voice, you can reach out to me and I'll find somebody and you can do it in one of our cold open intros. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Jason. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Best of ahead. luck to you, sir. And, you know, the more people that are in this space, the better, because you can be putting out the most amazing podcast that tons of people like. But you're going to have other people that don't like it. It's just not their thing. You're not doing anything wrong, but they have different tastes. So, you know, there's plenty of room for everyone here. As you, it is said a, what is that? A rising tide? No, God damn it. Trevor, what is that? I, I never say a it right. A rising tide yes. raises all ships. That's the one. So, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to be a bunch of crabs in a bucket tearing each other down. We can all rise and fall on our own merits. Might as well give everybody a boost whenever we can. I do appreciate the nautical aphorism. If only I could have gotten it out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's about all the time we have for today. So I'm Christian. 
And I'm Trevor. And as always, you guys all have a great week, and we will see you next time. Bye, all.